Hello, my friends. This is Paul Drockton, and uh, as you know, this is the smartest man in the world radio program. And simply this, I if I don't know the answer, I find it out, right? I don't bluff you. I don't uh, try to uh, propose something that I don't personally believe in or that I haven't researched and come to believe in. And that is what makes this the smartest man in the world radio program. So basically, I want to talk about the book of Revelation. Uh, why? Because there's a lot of people out there that uh, they don't see the value of knowing what's going on, and there's those that do. So, look, I'm going to give you what I believe, and as I said, uh, feel free to comment. That's how it works. Just go to uh, my Facebook page, Online Church of Jesus Christ, and uh, you can go ahead and comment all you want, okay? So, we're going to start with Chapter 6. Why? Because I want to focus on the parts of the book of Revelation that matter to us today. That's going to be a series of radio shows. This is the first one. And so we're going to start with chapter 6. And this is basically the vision that John the Revelator saw. Now, who was John? Well, John the Revelator uh, basically was also known as John the Beloved. And he was promised, the Lord told him, Jesus Christ told him, that he would remain on the earth until his coming. And so some type of physical change took place, and John uh, was permitted to continue here on this earth, the minister. And he was on the Isle of Patmos, uh, which uh, was a banishment from the Roman emperor. Uh, I believe it was Nero, simply because they couldn't kill him. And they tried multiple ways. But he, again, the Lord promised him he would live. And uh, as a result, uh, while he was on the Isle of Patmos, I guarantee you, he was pondering the future of this world. And that's how revelation comes. You have to actually ask the question. The Lord doesn't just wake you up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I know you weren't thinking about this, but here, here's the answer to the question you never asked. It doesn't work that way. You got to think about it. You got to pray. And then you got to be able to discern between what's right and what's wrong. It's a process. And believe me when I tell you, it's easy to make mistakes. So John uh, wrote down this revelation, and as I said, we're going to start in chapter 6. And it says, And I saw when the Lord opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, a noise of thunder, one of four beasts, saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown, was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, these seals in this chapter only make sense if they apply to specific time period and the Earth's history. So let's put a thousand years on this. So let's say the first thousand years, uh, according to this, looks like there was a lot of war. And there was an individual who had more power than most and was able to conquer uh, a, lot of, a lot of the known world. And then when he had opened the second seal, which we'll say is the second thousand years, because that's the only thing that makes sense to me, I heard the second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another, and it was given unto him a great sword. So once again, violence, right? Second thousand years. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, 
and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So it looks like that uh, when that third seal was, was opened, um, there's a lot of people that died from famine, from a lack of food. And that was the third thousand uh, years. Then the fourth thousand years. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast come and, come and see. And I looked and behold, a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed him. And power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger, with death and with the beasts of the earth. So once again, it's the same theme, right? Death and hell. Death, of course, um, doesn't have to be followed by hell. But in, in this particular situation, um, it looks like uh, this was a judgment, right? Against the people on the earth. And then we have the 5,000 year out of fifth seal, and I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto them, every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now, this is interesting, because if you look at this particular verse, it's talking about the martyrdom of the saints uh, from the Roman Empire, right, at Jerusalem, and from then on. So clearly, we're talking a lot, a lot of people that were killed for the testimony that they had for Jesus Christ. There's a book written by a gentleman named Justin Martyr, probably named, where he goes through and describes the horrific deaths that these people suffered under the uh, rule of the Roman Empire. So I would have to say that that fifth seal probably was opened uh, right after or when the Savior, or about the time of the Savior's death. So now it goes on. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. That has not happened yet. So the sixth seal hasn't opened yet. Now, clearly you can see that when that is opened, there's going to be a massive earthquake. The sun's going to become black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon's going to be turned into blood. So that seal has not opened yet, my friends. It's important to understand that, which means that the real trials and tribulations haven't started yet. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now, I think that has to deal with uh, planetary bodies, I guess, uh, meteors, right? Or maybe it's the appearance from the ground because the earth is actually shaking. I don't know. And it goes on and says, And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So, basically, if we start with Adam, from Adam to through the first thousand years, right? And basically, it says, a white horse, and he that sat at him had a bow and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. 
I don't know if that means that Adam was successful uh, with his posterity in teaching them the gospel, and thus it's uh, symbolized with a white horse, uh, with a bow and a crown, right? The second thousand years, of course, we know um, was a time of warfare. And to give you a little historical background here, if you follow, uh, if you actually uh, do the research, there is um, strong evidence that prior to the flood, there was a consolidation of power into the hands of literally the same group of individuals that we're dealing with today, meaning the same spirit. And what Satan did is he was able to combine mankind into a uh, community known as Atlantis. Atlantis was talked about by Plato in his Republic, and it's talked about in other places as well. And Atlantis had grown to become uh, a technological marvel. In other words, their reliance on science had allowed them to create incredible uh, technological uh, advancements. And Atlantis, of course, was run by a group of individuals, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically pull this from Plato's Republic, who felt that society needed to be structured with the 3% governing over the 97%, literally as slaves. And so the, the top 1% were, were known as the philosopher kings. The second 1% were known as the military ruling class. The third were known as the merchant class. So those were the three ruling classes of Atlantis. And the rest lived as slaves, meaning that bare subsistence, uh, the state decided how long a person lived, when a person died. They decided who was born, who wasn't, or who was uh, killed shortly after birth. And the, uh, the uh, um, philosopher kings literally would decide what the child would do for their entire life at birth. After they looked at the child and said, okay, you're going to be this, you're going to be that, you're going to be this. Now, as you can see, this is a extremely evil and corrupt society because there is no perfection on earth. We're here because we're here to experience weakness. We're here to experience failure and misery and all these other things. And the pride of Atlantis was the belief that they could actually create a society that was free from any weakness or difficulty. And it was a pure dictatorship, which denied the whole basis for the Savior's atonement, which was to give men freedom from sin, right? To break the chains of bondage. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross. So this became, my friends, the model for every single occult society that's uh, been established since. If you take a look, even today, You've got the same tiers running it, and you've got the rest of us uh, being treated as their slaves, their property, with the goal of taking everything away from us and only giving back to us the things that they decide that we need. Now, you need to understand that Atlantis had become so evil, it becomes so wicked, that it was destroyed by the flood. Now, the great thing about uh, that time, is, is that there was another society that was created by a man named Enoch. 
And Enoch built a city that was filled with uh, pure men, with pure hearts, and pure women with pure hearts, and who continued to humble themselves and draw closer to God, and continued to develop spiritually, and continued to uh, treat each other with love and respect. And there was no crime. There was no. There was none of the problems of uh, uh, that we have in modern society. And it was a beautiful society. And so people were given a choice. God always gives people a choice. They could choose to work their way into the city of Zion, as it was called, or they can turn to Atlantis and surrender themselves as slaves. Those are the two options. Now, before God destroyed Atlantis, he literally uh, pulled the city of Zion into the heavens. And that's where they're at. So long story short is God always gives us choices, freedom or slavery. It's up to us. And it really depends on you as an individual, what you choose. And it starts with you. Because if you can control yourself to where you are not addicted to anything, to where you're not in bondage to anyone, then you're on your way. And the point is, is that, uh, as I'm going to talk about in future discussions, the bottom line is, is the book of Revelation is very clear on what your fate is either way. And I'm going to get into that in uh, future programs. But this will suffice for today. One thing I want to remind you is that if you love this show and you want to support it, donate. Just you can do that here on, uh, uh, on anchor.com. Or you can go to uh, Freedom March 2020 and donate. Or you can go ahead and visit my company's website, which is hemptonicsusa.com, where you will find the most potent antiviral, antibacterial, anti-fungal uh, products on the planet. And for the lowest, lowest cost, with free shipping. So either way, you're supporting what I'm doing. And, uh, of course, uh, I will remain forever grateful. Anyway, God bless my friends. And we will be back with another episode about the book of Revelation. Uh, Again, feel free, post your comments. Uh, This will be posted on uh, my Facebook page, which is uh, Church Jesus Christ online, I believe, on Facebook.